Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app on this Wednesday. J.J. Jackson and Ryan LaVoy hanging out inside our studios here on South College Street as we want to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good guest here on today's show. We've got Barry Sferluga from the Washington Post kind enough to chat with us here. Barry, we appreciate the time. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time to uh, chat with us. We want to talk about the PGA Championship, an event that's getting started tomorrow. Uh, as big golf fans, it's the second major of the year. A lot of eyes, as always, on this one. What are the biggest storylines that you're seeing going into this week's festivities? Well, the odd thing is that Tiger Woods is playing, and he's not the biggest storyline of the week. The, the biggest storyline of the week is Phil Mickelson. Since, um, Last year at the PGA in Kiowa, South Carolina, he became the oldest major champion in history at age 50, kind of the um, signature mark of his career. And a year later, he's decided to skip the event um, because he's embroiled in a controversy about his support for a, a rival Saudi-backed um, golf league. And, and he set up the Masters. He's three times Masters champion. Um, very rare for him to miss Augusta. So... A lot of the pre-tournament conversation is not about Southern, Southern Hills, the, the course they're playing, not as much about Tiger Woods playing for only the second time since November 2020. Um, it's really about Phil and his absence and the state of golf as a sport. Um, just kind of a strange set of circumstances going into the second major of the year. And, and with Phil Berry, obviously, this is a guy that is a Hall of Famer. This is a guy that... Uh, was the second most popular golfer in the sport behind Tiger for a long time. Um, and, and just how surprising is it that given what you said, I mean, this is a guy nearing the end of his career that had one more magical moment last year. Uh, was this kind of on the radar uh, coming into this, that he would end up skipping this event? Well, yeah. I mean, he, he went into hiding essentially um, earlier this season uh, after his remarks to Alan Shipnuck, uh, a longtime golf journalist um, who wrote a, a biography of Phil, um, revealed that that here's what Phil said about the the Saudi backed league that's starting. He was preparing to use it as leverage against the PGA Tour, but in in outlining his case, he said, "Look, I know the the Saudis are scary," and he used a uh, euphemism there. Um, I know they murdered um, the Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, but I've got to use this as leverage against the PGA Tour. It was just a, a insensitive at best, crass, non-feeling kind of um, very financial look at a situation that, um, you know, really overlooked all the human rights violations that the Saudi Arabian government, um, it, it, you know, is involved in. So um, he has not appeared in public since then. He has not He's lost endorsement deals. Um, I think it's surprising that he didn't show up at the PGA to defend his title because at some point, if he's going to reemerge in public life, this would seem to be the time. So I guess in that way it's surprising, but it's, it's definitely been on the radar for several months. Looking at this PGA Championship, uh, it is in Southern Hills, a, a course that has hosted a few major tournaments before. Give everyone the rundown uh, of kind of the famous moments or at least the, the previous big tournaments here at Southern Hills. Well, I mean, the most recent would be the 2007 PGA that was won by Tiger Woods. Um, but the course has under, undergone uh, an overhaul since then. It, it's not quite the same course. Gil Hans, who has had his 
a, a noted architect who's had his hands on a lot of famous properties, including Wing Foot, which uh, hosted the U.S. Open in 2020. Um, he's redone a bunch of it, brought some bunkers back into play, changed the edges of the greens um, so that they're going to repel a lot more shots than they're going to accept. But it's a it's a very good test. It will likely um, result in a leaderboard of guys with recognizable names because it, it tests so many different parts of, of your name of your game. So I, I wouldn't expect by by the weekend that you'd have a bunch of random people up there. I, I think you're going to have a, a leaderboard that um, is filled with guys uh, whose names you recognize. You mentioned Tiger Woods winning the last one in 2007 when it was last played at Southern Hills, and the fact that Tiger is expected to be a part of the competition and tournament starting tomorrow. What are you expecting out of Tiger as he gets set for uh, his second major tournament of the year? Well, it's really hard to say. I mean, he's only played the Masters uh, since 2020. He's, whatever it is, 16 months, I think, removed from his nearly fatal car accident in, in um, Southern California. He's obviously got um, a rod and screws and, as he says, a bunch of hardware in his leg. Um, and so the Masters, which is a very difficult walk, uh, Augusta National, National is, is extremely hilly. Um, he went through four rounds there, and, and that was difficult. He said it was difficult at the time. He reiterated that yesterday. Um, 72 holes in over four days is going to take a toll on his body, like it's not going to take on, you know, John Rahm, who's in his 20s, or, or somebody like like that. Um, he struggled over the weekend at the Masters, shot back-to-back 78s, and he finished 47. Uh, you know, you never know how much of that is attributable to attributable to uh, fatigue, but that's going to be his biggest issue. He's he's he can ha- he has all the shots. Um, he can still hit the ball uh, a long way. Um, but can he hold up physically over four days? We don't have a lot of evidence because, again, he's only played once in the last, whatever it is, 18 months. Um, so we'll see. He's always intriguing. He's, he's paired with Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, which is kind of a ridiculously good threesome on Thursday morning and then Friday afternoon for primetime coverage into the weekend. So it should be fun to watch. Let's talk a little bit more about that grouping because obviously – it's pretty rare to have arguably the three most popular guys in the field in the same group. Usually try and spread that out a little bit, and obviously Tiger is a draw all into himself. So uh, what do you think of the PGA putting these three golfers, and arguably the two guys with Tiger, McElroy and Spieth, they were supposed to be quote-unquote the next Tiger as they come up. So what do you make of this, this grouping? Well, it's pretty spectacular stuff. I mean, I think if you were at the course, it would be almost impossible to follow them and see um, every shot. But for TV viewing, it'll be great. I mean, as I said, they don't do it by accident. Um, and it, you figured Tiger would tee off on Thursday morning because that would put him in the afternoon wave on Friday and everybody would kind of carry the PGA coverage, Tiger and Rory and Steve, into the into the weekend. That makes for great, great viewing. Um, and you're, you're right. I mean, Spieth and and Rory have their own storylines going in here. Um, Jordan Spieth has won three majors, one U.S. Open, one Masters, one British Open. So if he wins a PGA Championship, he'll become um, one of the, I guess he would be the eighth guy to have won the career Grand Slam. Um, that would be an enormous accomplishment. And Rory, who um, is just an enormously talented player, uh, has four majors to his credit, including two PGAs. 
but hasn't won a major since 2014, um, which is just kind of mind-boggling given this is kind of the prime of his career and how talented he is. And it's not like he's been in an eight-year slump. He's won essentially everything else there is to win in that time, but he's gone without a major. So getting back in that category would be huge for him as well. PGA Championship gets started tomorrow. We're talking with Barry Savaluga of the Washington Post here on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Looking at the PGA Championship being the second major of the year, I mean, what is the significance? Obviously, we're talking about uh, the idea of, of Tiger possibly winning or Spieth or Rory, but just for any golfer out there that gets the invite to participate in a field like this, Barry. Well, I mean, there's only four major championships a year, and this is one of them. So it might be, you know, the the least, the one with the least amount of luster on it, because the Masters is such a familiar, uh, you know, it's always at the same venue, and it has all these traditions, and um, it kind of kicks off the golf season to begin with. The U.S. Open is um, always builds itself as the hardest test in golf, and um, you know, it has a very distinct look with score winning scores that are usually right around even par, very difficult tournament. And then the, you know, the British Open or the Open Championship, as, as it's officially called, um, has its own distinction with always being played on links courses in the U.K. Um, so maybe the PGA Championship is, is the fourth among the four majors, but it still counts and, and it matters to these guys. And, and in a way, um, it may be the strongest field of, of the year. Um, so, a legitimate event at a legitimate venue with, um, as I said, maybe a, a leaderboard that could be pretty star-studded. And, and something that we didn't think would impact golf necessarily, uh, a few months back, Joe Buck announcing that he's leaving for ESPN Monday Night Football. It turns out he's going to be doing like a mega cast uh, for ESPN for the PGA Championship. Do you think? Do you like this idea? Yeah, I mean, Joe has – I'm on the Joe Buck – Team. I, I think he's good at whatever he does. I know that's not a universally held opinion, um, but uh, he has. Fox had the USGA contract for a few years before they gave it up, and and Joe Buck was the lead play-by-play guy on those broadcasts, and and I thought he did a, a, a more than uh, solid job. So um, his involvement in anything in my in my book is is good. Prediction time for us, Barry. When when people try to go to you and, and, and say, hey, who's going to win a major like this one? Where do you start? How do you kind of narrow down a selection in making a guess like this? Well, I mean, I have kind of a Rory vibe this week, but that might be just, just me. Um, I think anybody would have to keep an eye on Scotty Scheffler, um, the Masters champion who's the number one player in the world, who's won like, four of his last seven tournaments. Um, he has a history at Southern Hills. He played his college golf at the University of Texas. Um, he loves the place uh, and, and you know, has a little bit of experience there. He's on such a role that in golf, it's, you, you normally would say, don't pick that guy because he can't, um, can't sustain that kind of role. But I, I said that going into the Masters, and, and he won it by three shots and was in control the entire way. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see whether he can sustain it or not. Barry, we really do appreciate you taking some time to join us here on the program today in Auburn. If you will, let us know where we can find your work and let the listeners know about the great coverage you guys do at the Washington Post. Yeah, WashingtonPost.com for any and all your sporting needs. Um, Appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely. That's uh, that's Barry Sirluga joining us here on the show. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. He's joining us here on Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM.